You are now listening to the Minority Trailblazer podcast. Let the story begin. One time for the lovers, two times for the ladies, three times for the brothers, four times for the babies. Do you love her? 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 One time for the lovers, two times for the ladies, three times for the brothers, four times for the babies. Do you love her? 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 Brown skin, love a brown skin, love a brown. Brown skin, love a brown skin, love a brown. She my brown skin, love a brown skin, love a brown. She my brown skin, love a brown skin. Hold me down. Welcome to the Minority Trailblazer Podcast, and I'm your host Greg Eel, the Culture Change Agent. You already know on this show we interview young, successful minorities in a variety of fields to educate, empower, and inspire our current and future generation leaders. And as always, I got a show for you today. I don't got a long intro. I want to jump right to the show. All I got to say is Minority Trailblazer Nation family, please keep me in your prayers. Keep Minority Trailblazer in your prayers because we on the verge of closing out some big things for the fall and spring of next year. So please keep us prayed up. We got a lot of big announcements coming that's all i got to say on that let's go ahead and jump into this episode and i'm already gonna say it's about to be a legendary podcast i'm just gonna put that energy out there i'm gonna read a snippet of a bio and then we're gonna jump right into it born and raised on the west side of charlotte being disruptive in class is how he spent most of his days which led to doing stand-up comedy and hosting big shows even helped start a freestyle funny comedy and you know how the rest goes he started out at the campus of north carolina A&T, hosted campus and community shows. At that time, being on the radio just seemed like an idea. His career on radio launched during the debut during several comedy contests on one or two jams. And after winning consecutive years of comedy contests, he became a regular on the Wild Out Wake Up Show. There at one or two jams, he prides himself on being humble and a real person, and he lives by the motto, family first, which has always been something he stood by. You can listen to him every morning from 6 to 10 a.m., during the weekday on one or two jams, and he really wants to know why he's so nosy to read all this in the first place, man. So without further ado, I would like to introduce Osama Ben Drinking, aka Drinking, to the Minority Trailblazer podcast, man. Welcome to the show. Man, appreciate you having me, man. Pre- man, first and foremost, man, I want to say a, a big thank you because many of you that have been following the podcast for five years, we've been out five years, over 100 episodes, but some of y'all That's probably right. wouldn't, it's crazy, right? But many of y'all would not know that we actually recorded a podcast episode, I think around episode like 25. And unfortunately, I forgot to hit the record button. <laughs> yeah, so my man just had me out here just, <laughs> I mean, I'm giving him gems and he ain't recorded a done thing, man. I mean, we was getting, hey, we got, we got deep in there. I was sitting here shook on the podcast. I'm almost in tears. He digging deep into his past. And I'm like, yo, and at the end, I was like, I appreciate you, big brother. Let you know when it come out. And then I looked over there like a dummy. And this was before, like, we had we had a following, but this was, like, one of our big profile interviews of somebody that, I mean, I've, I've known personally, but I've also seen grow and evolve. And I'm like, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy, man. So I'm glad that you, allowed, you came back on the show, man. It's crazy. So much stuff has transpired, like, three, that was three years ago, bro. Yeah. 
Yeah, that was that's been a minute ago. Yeah, a lot has happened in three years, man. A lot, man. Yeah. So let's go. Let's go ahead and jump right off. Usually, we start the show off with um, our guests giving us either a quote or a mantra they live by, and a story about how they apply that quote, quote or mantra to their everyday life, man. So, Drake, it, man, give us a quote or a mantra. Family first, man. Uh, as long as my people fine, I'm good. And you know, I'm always check on my family first. I'm always be here. I'm, I'm always be here for my family first. Mm-hmm. I start every day. Like I go to work every day. Like for my family, like everything I do, I get booked for a show. I'm doing it for my family. I'm thinking about something I got to do for my family. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So with that being said, let's do something. I, I just started a new segment like two podcasts ago because I know every podcast, just kind of like probably every radio show, every interview, it always has a different, every single one has a different energy. And the start of the show honestly kind of dictates where the show goes. So yeah. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to say this. Um, mm-hmm. always, it's a new segment I call Find the Pulse. So I want you to think mm-hmm. about last week, right? And if you can kind of share what's one thing that stood out last week that you want to kind of lead with it? Because, I mean, last week energy, sometimes you want to lead last week energy back there, but then sometimes mm-hmm. last week energy correlates into the new energy and it keeps going, man. So from last week, um, what's the pulse, man? What did you, what did you learn from? Uh, what did last week teach you, man? Dang, man, Biggie was telling the truth. You're nobody till somebody kills you, right? Mm. Dang, I learned that a lot, like, I mean, for real, because to be honest with you, like Nipsey, Nipsey passing was like the biggest passing of a of a star in the culture mm-hmm. for me since since like Tupac and Biggie and all that. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, and then but but once Nipsey he died, it was amazing like how many people like started listening to Victory Lap. Mm-hmm. And started saying, "Yo, this album is so blah blah." blah. And, I, and I, you know, and a lot of us who already who had who got that who got the album when it first came out and knew about Nipsey was like, "Yo, where you been?" You know what I'm saying? Like I, I heard one young lady say, oh, "I didn't even know who he was. I just thought he was just uh, Lauren Lundsman, uh, Lauren London's husband." Wow. And I was like, "Wow," you know what I'm saying? And uh, just taking that energy on into this week, you know, me being in radio, mm-hmm. one. I just started, you know, just me being in radio, I just started seeing a lot of posts on Facebook about how on uh on our station, like y'all, y'all talk about Nipsey, but y'all don't play Nipsey on y'all station. I think y'all, y'all gonna keep it 100 one way, y'all gotta keep it 100 the other way. So I just had to get real, real with people. Like, bro, I go to work every morning just like you do. You understand what I'm saying? You saying that to me is just like me going up to the cashier at McDonald's saying, yo, why is this beef like this and why are you selling me this? You know what I'm saying? They just they just at work doing their job. I'm at work doing my job. I don't program no radio stations. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> and, we, and we can, you know, you, you know, you know, you know, I don't program no radio stations. Ain't no black owned radio stations around here. You know what I'm saying? We at work just like the next day. Like, I don't put the music in the computer or nothing like that. You know what I'm saying? And you want to go, you, you want to go even further. Like, there are no, no, like you can take it to other multimedia outlets, like even television and all that. Like how many, how many black owned television stations out there? You thought BET was black owned. Ha, fooled you. You mm-hmm. understand what I'm saying? So, you know, I, t- I kind of took that energy into this week, you know, kind of, you know, replying to the bull job and just letting people understand what's real and what's not. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm a radio, I'm, a, I'm just a radio host, man. Like I'm not, I'm not radio. You know what I'm saying? And if you really want to go deep with it, the problem with radio is, the people, you know, the people start uplifting what's real and what's fake, and, and stop uplifting what's fake. You know, radio would change. When you say that, what do you what do you mean by that? Like, yeah, can you break that down from your perspective? What you mean? 
like what's real and what's fake and how can the people um because I think this can apply even outside of radio and politics and every industry, but let's stay specifically in your quadrant in the radio because if you know that's that's been a boom, the, okay. Yeah, go ahead. But just even just like right now, we're in the age right now where like Greg, you could be doing music, right? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I just I just say me. I say me, say if I'm an artist or I'm doing something like that. You know the best way to get your stuff looked at now, Greg? Not through your actual talent, but you doing some shenanigan on the internet. Mm-hmm. Look at everybody. Like everybody's been doing some kind of shenanigan. Then next thing you know, a week or to a week or so later, or that week, they got an album or something or a song dropping, or you understand <laughs> what I'm saying? Or they plug and they or they plug and they blah they blah blah they blah. But you know, but but you have oh yeah, but you have a lot of artists out there who they ain't got to do all that, man. Their music speaks for itself. Like um, like boom, for example, Nipsey. Mm-hmm. Like how come how come nobody was like how come the people weren't uplifting this album and his message long before he died? Because the album been out 2018, early 2018. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying I'm not I'm not speaking to the people on the West Coast. But I'm talking about the people across, you know what I'm saying, across the nation. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's a lot of it's a lot of, and I'm not gonna call artists names, but it's a lot of artists out there who I think are just trash. But yet still, you see all their all their songs on the top pop charts and all the charts and all this whatever whatever. And don't get me talking about the charts because I think yeah. the charts are some bullshit itself. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You, you got you got you got people who selling out shows and pe- they come people coming to support their music all day, but yet still, you trying to tell me that it ain't, I'm, it's not I ain't they not doing nothing because they they not up there in the number top ten on this little chart whatever mm-hmm. that chart can kiss my ass. Yeah, man. So I know we just jumped in. The, we just jumped in the pool quick. My bad. Yeah, we just no, jumped no, no, in no, and started going on something. That, I mean, that's how we supposed to do. That's how we supposed <laughs> to do to, to cut all the fluff. Because I mean, at the end of the day, you for everybody has heard a lot of podcasts, a lot of interviews. Um, but I always try to say current. But with staying current is always good. Like you said, look at the past. So I want. I'm gonna give you the floor, right? Because your journey to radio has been a lot different than most people would ever know. Um, and also yeah. probably more different than you ever would have thought either. <laughs> yeah, I so, didn't even I didn't even see it. Yeah, so can you play and I'm just gonna give you the floor because this is what you do for a living. I want you to share with our audience because some people, once they once we post it, they're gonna be familiar with you, but some may not. And some may be yeah. familiar with you, but not familiar with the journey. So now can you get I wanna give you the floor to tell us your journey. I got I first got the AT, you know, had my head on straight. You know, everything's got I went to school to be a nurse. Like I was really? a nursing major coming in. Yeah. Nurse, wow. nursing major <laughs> drinking, you know? Yeah. That's me. Nurse. Yeah. Nurse drink. Right. So, I mean, I'm going through my course, you know, I go through my freshman year. Everything's good. You know, I'm doing the regular old college stuff, partying, school, enjoying college. Um, thought, uh, the summer comes up and me and my homies from Charlotte, we like, no, nah, we ain't trying to go home. We on our own. We want to be up in Greensboro and live. You know what I mean? So we get an apartment. Probably wasn't the best decision. We got an apartment in a, a spot called English Village. Oh, now man. it's the it's the hood. It's in the it's the it's the projects basically. You know what I'm saying? And the price of the apartment let you know it's the projects. It was a three bedroom, one bath for three sixty five. So we ended up probably paying. <laughs> we was paying like a hundred and twenty dollars a piece Bam. a month for rent. <laughs> me and me and two other me and my two of my other homeboys. 
you know, but that, that that's not what uh that's not where it gets uh you know I guess stupid. Uh, going into the end of the summer, you know, cats was, I mean, we didn't really want to work mm-hmm. like that going into summer and and going into fall, starting the new year. So, I mean, we hustled with some weed and stuff back home and stuff like that, but we ain't really never done no no hard trapping mm-hmm. as you would say. Yeah, but uh, this is just so happened. Yeah, you know, just, but just so happened. I had a homie who lived down the block in the projects and he was the man, I guess, you know, he, he was the, he was that dude and he had to work and, uh, shoot, he, he put me on. So basically I was a sophomore nursing major at A&T going to class. And then I'd be coming back to my apartment in the project selling crack. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, and the only thing to pro shoot, the only thing that really stopped me, I guess, from doing it like that was me getting robbed. You uh, know, like I like like I just got on with my man. He gave me like he gave me an eight ball, came back, I got rid of it. You know what I'm saying? And I was me and my two roommates, we was walking back down to his apartment and we was gonna re up, you know what I'm saying? But he ain't had no more. You know what I'm saying? So we sat there and chilled for a minute, blazed the air, whatever, and we left and we was walking back to our apartment. Now, mind you, we some new kids on the block. Like we first, first of all, we from Charlotte, and then another thing, we in a damn, we in the damn hood of Greensboro, but we ain't from Greensboro, so we don't really know nobody but him. Mm-hmm. Now, so we walking back to our apartment. All of a sudden, we get around to our apartment, and this dude drive like roll past us on a bike, and when he get past us, he jump off the bike. When he jump off the bike, this dude pull out a gun. Wow, off the he, bike. He, yeah, just jumped off the bike, pulls out a gun, like, yo, who y'all niggas get like geared up, blah, say, blah, 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 blah. So immediately I get naked. I'm talking about I take off my shirt, my <laughs> short. I'm standing in front of this dude with 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 drawers on, word uh, like like in like in a matter of seconds. You know what I'm uh-huh. saying? Because I ain't I ain't <laughs> have nothing on me. I ain't have nothing on me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But my roommate, my roommate, he had the money for the re-up, whatever. And all I had was dang on key to the apartment, which we was right in front of. But he didn't think we lived there. He thought. He was a dude, and just to just to fast forward a little bit, he hustled from the same dude we was hustling for. He just didn't know it, and oh. he thought we were, and he thought we was some rival dudes coming over there on his turf, taking his sales. You feel what I'm saying? So oh. he he was robbing us, and for real, for real, the look in his eye, he really wanted to lay us down. For real, for real, he really wanted to lay us down. But as he was robbing us, that we get and like we giving him like whatever, and he looking at us, and I'm like, yo, we ain't got nothing, bro. Like we stay right here, and I opened up our apartment door with the key, like and opened the door, and then he looked at us like, what? Because he had, he really looked at us baffled, like what the hell is going on? These niggas stay here, because he didn't really think he was robbing no but like stayed here. He thought he was robbing some cats who was out yeah. here selling on turf. So he pushed us in the crib, tell us shut up, blase blah blase blah, blah, shut the door, and he's gone. Now, whole time, my neighbor's looking out his window. He sees this. He comes into our apartment, knock on the door. He got his gun. He's just laughing because he look, he done saw me get butt naked in front of this dude that's trying to rob us pretty much. <laughs> so he laughing, chuckling again. But then, so fast forward to the next night. We're sitting in our apartment, and we get a knock at the door. It's the dude who robbed us the day before. Wow. So, of course, we on 10, like, what in the world? You know what I'm saying? So, dude, we open the door and dude gives us all our money back. Wow. In a in like, in like my bad. I ain't know y'all was blah, blah, blah. Like, he ain't know, like, we was, you know what I'm saying? Like, like basically, he was saying it. Like, my bad. I ain't know y'all was, y'all was hustling for, you know what I'm saying? For my yeah. dude, too, blah, blah, blah. He gave us our money. But after that day, 
I was straight college. Like I was like done with it. Wow. Like, I was done with it. I was like, no, nah, I'm done with it. Like and for real, for real, within a month, me and me and my me and one of my friends, we moved out of that. We moved out of there and we moved to some more, you know, college style housing. <laughs> and but my other homie, he just stayed there and thugged it out for a while. Just I mean, he didn't do sell no drugs and then, but he was just working, just thugged it out because it was a cheap place place to stay. Mm-hmm. But now, so anyway, fast forward, I'm nursing major. I get to three years of nursing. I'm like, I'm not doing this nursing crap. So I done mm-hmm. wasted three years of college and I changed my major two times after that. You know what I'm saying? And and now mind you, all this time while I'm doing this, I'm I'm like this super senior in college. Um, I'm still this this funny dude around campus. I'm known yeah. as this funny dude, you know what I'm saying? So I'm hosting stuff, I'm hosting fashion shows, I'm doing blah blah blah. So down the road in my super senior years, I get a chance to do Mr. Jones contest on 102 Jams Wild and Now Wake Up Show. Yeah. That was when it was that's when it was Kyle dot in africa and cap j mm-hmm. so i do this contest like two years or so in a row two three years in a row and i win them back to back to back i think it was, it was either back to back or back to back i can't really remember so i think we were scheduled to do the contest again right and i was scheduled to go up to the radio station and i didn't show up so they scrapped the contest and I and I remember it because Africa was mad at me and Calden was like, "Oh man, you you know you shit it blah blah blah." blah. Yeah, because they so, vouched for you. So, but but yeah, but yeah, but but they still knew me because I I wanted you know I still the dots they still knew of me because of that you know what I'm saying because of that and I used to call up to the radio station in the morning all the time. Mm-hmm. So now fast forward some more, I'm out of school, you know, got a family. I'm talking about, I get out of college. I'm working at the university for some years. I get laid off. Now, oh, boom, let me rewind a little bit. While I'm also back in, in at A&T, around 98 or so, I caught a felon. Wow. Now, you, you know how they say the story, like, it's usually the mug who ain't got the idea of doing something, that get caught, blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. That's how it was in my situation. I got hit with, like, a common law robbery charge, which was a felony. Man, it was a, a dumb mistake. Took the wrong ride. Shouldn't even been in the car. I shouldn't even done nothing. I should have just said, nah, bro. We shouldn't even be doing nothing like that. But I did. I went along with it. I got caught. They gave me, what, four years probation. I did like three and a half. Like You had to go, you had to, go to uh, jail or prison for three and a half? No, no, no. I didn't have to just go probation. to jail at all. It was, it was like deferred. But I still had a felony on my record. But it was, it was deferred felony. Yeah probation you know what i'm saying so i had four i was they, they gave me four years only did three and a half oh so I, i'm leaving dude i'm leaving probate practice this chick and her boyfriend hit me in the back and they talking about you know let me get you let's just exchange information or whatever and i'm like nah we just call the police we'll get information get make sure we get a record of it because they hit me and my car really wouldn't start too good again like it was messing up kind of sort of but anyway police come and they take everybody information. All of a sudden, a cop walk up to me and he's like, yo, put your hands around them on the car. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yo, what's up? And he's like, you got a probation violation. And I'm like, shit. So I'm in jail that Saturday all day, that Sunday all day. And my probation officer come and get me out Monday afternoon, evening. M- mind you, my son was just born, what, a week or two before that? That's a yeah. lot. Got a probation violation, don't know it. So boom, go through all that. I get off probation, all that. Every life is good. I got a job after school. After school, of course, I just said that. 
working at the university, I get laid off, and that's when shit hit the fan. Like, you know, I'm a felon. What the fuck I'm going to do? Mm-hmm. I was flying on the radar. Shit, everybody at a loved me. They gave me a job once I got out of school. Hey, hey, hey. But once I got laid off, shit, that fucked it up. So, uh, pardon my French. Um, but this is real life. <laughs> yeah, 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 um, yeah. But, so, I'm from job to job. And, and during that time, the whole group home thing was popping. Everybody yeah, yeah. had everybody had group homes, and really, and that's a, and that was a felon's haven right there because they like they didn't mind having felons do the work because you know it really you know what I'm saying I don't know why but that like felons got hired like nothing to do group home residential counseling work that's what they call it in the group home. Mm-hmm. So I was from group home to group home, and shoot, that got whacked, and I finally got a part time job at Food Lion. And I got my lawn brother, big shout out to Jason Keith. He ain't going, he had some lawn equipment and some trucks. Mm-hmm. And, and we linked up together and I started a lawn service under his name, whatever, under his business name. And both those two jobs kept me afloat. So here I am, you know, I'm out here. I ain't tapped in, I ain't seen radio, I ain't seen comedy, I ain't none of this. I'm out here just, I'm out here just getting it, just hustling for real. Cutting guys in that food line. Boom, and, and 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 that's how that's what I was doing. And I talking, I was talking to my cousin, my cousin Nikki. She was friends with Darren. Of course, I was cool with Darren too because we were all Aggies. And Darren and B Dot and and Burpee had started a comedy show at the Comedy Zone mm-hmm. called B Three. Yeah, Burt Brand, Burt Brand, and B Dot. Some B Dot Brand. Some it was one of those three. You know what I'm saying? It was, but they started a show. And she had hollered at Darren and I, you know, and I kind of got linked with Dot. And we all, and I linked up with him and Dot, they had a show one December and Dot gave me five minutes to open. Yep. So I opened up that five minutes and I, and I, you know, and I killed for five minutes. It was good. It was good. You know, I killed. It was good. And after that, you know, me and Dot linked and I linked with Darren and I linked with Burke and Bean. So we all linked up and Dot and big shout out to Ray Shaw at 50. They already had the idea of building this comedy show, this comedy group, which led to what was called the Freestyle Funny Comedy Show. Mm-hmm. So here, so here I am. Um, I cut grass. And, it, and, th- and this was when, and for real, for real, like this is when, this is early Twitter. This is early Instagram. This is early Facebook, all that. You know what I'm saying? All of that. Because like, this is around 2000, what? Eight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is around then. This is around because Freestyle Funny, we came about in 08, 09. Y'all been grinding for almost 10 years with that? Oh, no, That's... no. We're 10, we're 10 plus now. We're 10 plus. Wow. So, so that's coming. We're doing that. And mind you, I'm going to, I work at Food Line in the morning and I'm cutting grass and we're doing our every, third Sunday freestyle funny comedy show at the comedy zone. Mm-hmm. Now in, in, in us doing that, we're building the buzz locally. Of course we started building this buzz, lo- buzz locally. Oh, cause you know, dot was on the, dot was on the morning show. Yep. Yep. You yep. know what I'm saying? And, and B dot has this comedy group, which was all four of us, you know, being me, Darren and Bert, you know, so, so we were getting this local buzz, this local people were coming to us. Like our shows were, they were, we started from like, 12, 11 people at a show to it being 
fifty to seventy five, then a mm-hmm. hundred something, then the, the all you know, next thing you know, the comedy zone was packed. Mm-hmm. So from that, real quick, real quick, real quick, how was it like with the? How was it like judging from when you did y'all bring the same energy when there was twelve people in there? As there, it was, it was it different being there when it was just like y'all almost numbered the crowd to when you had now. Well, you do a show in different cities where it's sold out. I know, stay, stay in the same turn of thought, but I just want to ask that question real quick. For real, like some, some, of, our, some of our least packed shows have mm-hmm. been some of our craziest shows. <laughs> like we, 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 don't, we, don't, we, don't know, we don't know 50, bro. It's either, it's either 100 all in or we ain't doing and, and that's how we've done shows. Like we have canceled shows the week of because Cat's like, yo, man, y'all feeling it? And Cat's like, nah, I ain't feeling it. I ain't feeling the promo. I ain't feeling the nothing. All right, let's just let's just scrap it and we'll come back in a month or two. Mm-hmm. We've done that. We've done that. You know what I'm saying? So, no, nah, the amount of people in this in the crowd, man, that ain't that ain't never made nothing. Okay, like, okay. We, now you, we, 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 I just want to ask that you can go back right where you was going. But in saying that, so we doing we're doing this freestyle funny comedy show and it's buzzing. We take our comedy, we take the freestyle funny comedy show to uh, NACA, which is a conference where a bunch of colleges and stuff go to take their activities boards to see different acts and different celebs and different little novelty little things and stuff so that they can bring them to their schools to perform or whatever. Mm-hmm. So we started out, we went to NACA South, which was here in the South and just so happens it was in, I believe it may have been Winston that year. I think it was Winston, but okay, from that NACA South we got like these college bookings. So then we jumped that we jumped on the college scene and now we're getting a little buzz on the college scene, you know, especially through, you know, Twitter and mm-hmm. all that and blah, blah, blah. And us performing in one school telling the next blah, blah, blah. So now me and Dot are kicking it real heavy. You know what I'm saying? Because we're in this comedy group together. And a matter of fact, all of us are kicking it heavy. We're all we're all in the same area. We're a comedy group. We all kicking it heavy. And uh we're all in the same area and whatnot. And Dot came to me, like, he had this idea. He was like, Drake, why don't you come up to the radio station on Fridays? I'm going to talk to Kyle. Why don't you come up to the radio stations on Friday and just hang out and, you know, and just, you know, do your, do your stuff. Like, just be you, you know what I mean? And just do wild, crazy stuff. So he talked to Kyle. Uh, big shout out to Kyle Santillian for, for giving me that chance and, and trusting Dot and bringing me up there. And so and that's what that's what comedy led me to radio. That's how comedy led me to radio because I got you know I hooked up the freestyle funny comedy show and Dot said yo why don't we just start doing this and Kyle let me come up to the radio station. So every Friday that was my schedule pretty much. I work in the I work at Food Line in the mornings and in the evenings I would, in the afternoon evenings I go cut grass and on every Friday it'll be it'll be work it'll be radio station in the morning. Probably food line in the afternoon after that, and then I go cut grass, you know, Friday evening. So that was my schedule for a minute. But as I'm doing this on the radio on Friday, I'm I'm like I'm starting to get a little buzz around, you know what I'm saying? And and working at food line, I used to do all these little silly videos and post them on Instagram, you know what I'm saying? Just <laughs> me me singing in the produce or me saying something wild and crazy on the microphone and stuff, and and then that was getting a little buzz locally, blah 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 blah. blah. So it just pretty pretty much got to the point where, of course, you know, Kyle was let go from the radio station, mm-hmm. and then they they gave Dot his own show, and Dot I was the first person Dot 
said, you know what I'm saying? Like, yo, they're going to give me my, my, my shot, blah, blah, blah. I know I want you with me. And we was rocking out. And, and actually, Roxy came about, you know, after like our second, maybe third audition of a female. Probably our third audition. And, man, from the jump, it was like straight chemistry. Drank wow. rock and beat up. Drank rock and beat up, man. It was just, it was, it was straight chemistry. All three of us together was just like, like Kool-Aid, bruh. Man, man. That's Kool-Aid, that. sugar, and water. <laughs> so now we got that. Now you on, because uh, this is when you were, and this is when you transitioned to 102 full time. Like, when did you make that transition to doing? Because I know I just had Morgan McKenzie on the podcast and she'd been an intern for almost eight years and she's still waiting on the full time slot. So when did you make that transition? into this really being a career career. Yeah, and, and Dot always tell me all the time, he's like, yo, how you came into radio is unheard of, bro. Like, people usually intern for years mm-hmm. before, like me. Like me, I wasn't even, I guess, you can't even say I was an intern. Like, I was actually, like, on the air every Friday for, like, three years. Every Friday, every Friday morning, I would be on the air with them for three years. Like, no, I wasn't getting paid or nothing, but, shoot, I was on the air for three years, bro. Like, and, like, when they would have street hits and all that stuff, I would go show up, too, because, you know, I was just, like, I was, even though I wasn't hired by the radio station, really, or really, you know, had an official job, I was still learning, and I was happy to be a part of it, you know what I'm saying? So, it took me three years, three years. Wow. But they're, they're, the road they speak of, that's the intern road, and they that was a move. Like, that's radio, radio for real. Like, me, comedy led me to radio. I was just a funny dude. I'm talking about the stars were aligned. Dude. I got a praying mama. You hear me? Yep. <laughs> you know what I'm so, so with all that being said, all right. So if you had to do, have you had to give yourself some advice, knowing what you know now, we're not even talking about digging deeper into solo comedy and all that stuff, but judging off where we came from in this interview thus far, right? So you're working all these jobs. Um, you're, you're on Fridays, you're getting there, but you're like, yo, I still want a little bit more, but Hey, we are dang sure a lot farther than we were. But now, with your with your knowledge of the industry and whatnot, what would you tell yourself um, ten years ago? Uh, I would have told myself to get out there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because uh, I had a homeboy, and uh, I had a homeboy. His name is, uh, and actually, he's famous right now. His name is Maranzio Van. Mm-hmm. We uh, we actually went to. He's from Charlotte. We're from the same side of town, same hood, pretty much. High school, we used to ride to school together and all that. But he went to Auntie for a little bit and he used to tell me all the time, like, bro, you ought to do this comedy too. I'm about to, I'm doing these plays. I'm about to get out here. And I'm like, blah, blah. And I was like, go ahead, bro. You know, I'm, I'm in the college life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, uh, shoot, if I could tell myself something like, and now, like, he's done, he's done a lot. Like, he's, I'm talking about the Miller Light commercials. He was on the, uh, George Lopez show. Oh, wow. The TV show. Yeah. So, like, dude, like, dude, like, dude, it, he has a whole bunch of stuff behind him. And I, and I just like 10 years ago, if I could, well, going back way further than 10 years ago, you know, you got to give me 20, bro. 20 years ago, <laughs> I would have told, told myself to get out there. Cause 10 years ago, that's when I told myself to get out there. You know what yeah. I'm saying? That's when I finally, that's when I finally told myself. And if anything, that's what I told myself, Greg, I was like, look, if I'm going to struggle, cause I was Greg, from group home to group home. That was a struggle, but I was working for somebody else. You know what I'm saying? And even even the whole food line thing, I went, I don't own food line. I'm working for food line. And 
even the whole landscaping thing, like I like that was Jay's pretty much whole thing. I was just working it, you know, staying afloat, blah, blah, blah. And I told myself, I was like, man, I'm going to jump out. That's when the, when the whole comedy thing started popping. I was like, man, I'm going to jump out here with this comedy. And shoot, I might as well do something that, 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 that I'm, that's me. You know what I'm saying? If I'm going to struggle out here, at least I can struggle doing something that's me. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And shoot, I said, we started doing that comedy. Comedy started paying. When the comedy check started getting big, bigger, I started cutting back my hours on the dang gone uh, food line. On food line, when the comedy checks got got a little bit more big, got a little bit bigger, I stopped doing the landscaping. Then it was just food line. Mm-hmm. And one, 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 one comedy gig made me more than that two week period at food line. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I just started going to food line whenever, whenever I wanted some. You know, just keeping it real. Whenever I wanted some, you know, extra weed money, bro, <laughs> I would go to Food Line and work, bro. You know what I'm saying? When I when I just wanted some extra change, I would go to Food Line and work. Other than that, man, I I knew I had a college comedy because, like I told you, like Freestyle Funny had a, we had a local show every third Sunday, so I knew I was gonna get a little bit of change, for a little bit of change from that. Mm-hmm. And 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 if we had one college gig in one month, like that one college gig paid me more than my food line check. And we were usually having two and three per month. So I was like, man, I might as well just go ahead and just scale back on this food line and just hustle this comedy thing. You know what I'm saying? And especially once I got on with the radio, food line was done. Mm. It was done. And I, and, I, and I wasn't looking back. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't looking back. So here's this. Before we get into the, because I have some specific questions on the comedy piece and how you prepare typical days. But I think I want to I want to ask you this, though, because and this is for all specifically from a man out there in this entrepreneurship lane, um, because you probably had a different perspective, because while you are working at Food Line, you're you're doing this, you're still a husband, you're still a father. So how from a leader of the family perspective, did you keep you mentally strong when at times you probably may have not been the breadwinner at times at times you may have not been um. To yeah. society's perspective, the man that you really wanted to be working the job, but still you have to be a leader of your sons and you have to be, you had to lead the household. So what's your take on, on this? Because a lot of men, because you look at this, this, the date out here, um, there's a lot of black women or men, or women in general that are leading their households. And sometimes, you know, back in the old school is the man, you're supposed to do X, Y, and Z. So how did you miss yeah. and stay strong and lead your household during those times where it wasn't all sunny? Well, two things, two things. One, bro, you got to love yourself out here. Like, I don't, like, I don't care. Like, like, gee, I don't give a damn where I am mm-hmm. in life. Like, I could probably get, I could get unemployed, all my money gone on the street homeless. Mm-hmm. Ain't nobody going to talk down to me because I love myself. Like, ain't nobody, and I'm not going to feel bad if my bad, bad if I ever feel bad or down on me. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. that's one thing. I never got down on me. You know what I'm saying? I never got down on me because I knew, I mean, I knew, I always knew I was somebody. I knew I, I was just looking for my shot. Like, I'm going to keep on hustling, do whatever I got to do to, you know, to, to bring some money home. And on that second end of it, man, I found me a good wife. Mm. You know what I'm saying? A, a good wife that was raised along the same ideas of me that, you know, the, the, the father is the head of the household. You know what I'm saying? Like, money don't, like, I mean, yeah, the money is a, is a, is a big piece of it. But there's also got to be a strong man in the household to lead. Yeah, you understand what I'm saying? To you, I mean, 
just to be there. You understand what I'm saying? Because a, a lot of times, like, my wife would be worried about, well, how are we going to do this? How are we going to do this? And I'd be the one sitting there, the one with a part-time job and a landscaping gig sitting there saying, it's going to all work out. Mm-hmm. It's going like, 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 we're going to make a way. I'm going to make a way. It's going to all work out. And it always, it always did work out. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to tell, I used to tell all the time, I'm like, like, you go to church every Sunday, but you sure is worried. that was real i tell i'm like you go to church you boy you be up in this church every sunday but here you go here you go here these winds and you worry i was like why you pray so much and you worry like i mean so what what you saying you don't trust him you don't trust it you know what i'm saying and and that's one thing my wife has always said about me she's like you're always you're like your faith is real strong i'm like yeah you know yeah I, i ain't been through all this and came this far just to you know just to be just to be a failure like nah I'm not, no, nah, no, nah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not receiving that. I'm not believing that. Mm. So, yeah. And, and to be honest with you, when, like once the whole, once I was laid off and all that, yeah, my wife became the breadwinner. Mm-hmm. She did like, shoot, like my wife has more education than me. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And to be honest, and to be honest with you, Greg, and a lot of men probably won't admit it. I have no problem admitting it. You know what I'm saying? Like my wife has always made more than me. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Cause you're like, shoot, she was a female. And like and for it, and just you know how it is at A and T. Yeah. Dudes come in A dudes, dudes A and T with their head all jacked up, and then once you get into A and T, your head gets jacked up even more if your head ain't all right. Yep. But the women, they come in A and T four years in, four years out. Jack. I'm <laughs> with a plan, can, like with a plan, bro. So like, I mean, I just been bro, like that whole that whole thing about if you see a strong man, there's an even stronger woman behind it. Yeah, that's that's how it is over here, man. Because she went to college, she had a plan. She's an educator. She is always like she's always elevated in the field of education. So like I, I owe it all to just my hard work and determination and her just being the strong woman she is and you know, holding the brother down. And and on that note too, and stay right here because that's one thing that I always admire, even when the first time I I, I met you. Is that you just had a uh that uh inner confidence and a demeanor that you it wasn't no question you was gonna respect respect you. It wasn't no question that honestly, nine times out of ten, you was gonna listen. Just because some people have the voice or that frame where you're like, I'm I gotta listen to this dude, I should listen to. And it's like, so let's take that to your to, to raising your children, right? Um mm-hmm. and raising a son, even during this time, all right, because you working hard as you can, but that's one thing you I think you mentioned that you was always present. And it, 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 you was always <laughs> present. So how can, and this is a lesson to all our younger brothers, because we have um, our, our typical range is like 27 or 25 to 35. And some of these brothers are, are, are college educated and you, and you kind of, I mean, let's be frank. Sometimes you see a different, a different energy from a college educated brother and a street dude, or not even a street dude, but dude that didn't grow up I mean, around that type of energy. And you see a different confidence, not based on how much money I make or what I do. Because that's sometimes what we see. And even honestly, when I grew up, even though my, my parents, they didn't go to college, but I went to A&T, I had good grades, and, and I, I suffered from a lot of stuff around my middle adult years because I attributed my success not to who I was, but to what mm-hmm. I was doing, my grades. But then I always had brothers that I grew up with that didn't come from a two-parent household, and they just had a natural swagger. They were hollering, chicks, do all this stuff. Like, how did you get that? So, but that being mm-hmm. said, how do you teach that in your sons to have that confidence, to have that, that masculinity? But also, too, for my brothers out here that maybe didn't come up on that side of a tracks and struggle with kind of just um, that self-love piece. Like, what do you have to say to that? 
I tell people all the time, man. Uh, Greg, I ain't never had money, bro. Like I grew, I grew up on the west side of Charlotte. Shout out to the Boulevard and the Ford. Like we ain't never been rich. Mm-hmm. I ain't never had a whole lot of. But guess what? I always had a whole lot of happiness. Mm-hmm. Always had a whole lot of love. Always had a whole lot of family. So, so. I ain't never chased money in material things. You know what I'm saying? Because uh, those, those never ever like, ain't going to make you happy. You understand what I'm saying? Like you, like you got to surround yourself with, with good things and good people. That's what makes you happy. So I just wanted to say that first, because you were talking about the whole confidence yeah. thing and all that, man. I, you know what I'm saying? Like, and like with my son, like my father always wanted me to be better than him. Mm-hmm. Like my father, he didn't get a college education, got a high school diploma. He was a hustler from the street. He was a blue collar man. He he know how to make a dollar. You know what I'm saying? But he always told us like y'all gonna y'all gonna push a pencil. Like y'all not gonna y'all not gonna y'all not gonna work hard for y'all. I want y'all to be better than me. Like so when I got and and so when I got dang on grown and I had kids, I was like I took that same philosophy. Like I want mine to to be better and have more than what I'm giving, you know, than, than what I have, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So, so that's how I raised my, my son. That's how I raised them. You know what I mean? I, and I failed, like, I was just telling you my story right there. Like I didn't, I didn't tell you my high school stories, you know what I'm saying? I didn't tell you my, my high school run-ins with the law and things like that. And, and the things I did even as a youngster. And like, I just took all those examples of me, failing and what and and all those things I did to fail and I said you know what I'm gonna always keep it real with my kids and let them know what I did in life because I want them to know what it takes to fail mm. you understand what I'm saying I like like and 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 if you do a certain amount like if you practice like if you practice anything you're gonna get good at it G yeah <laughs> You, right. you understand what I'm saying? So, so, so if you sit around here and you practicing uh, failure, you're gonna get good at failing. You understand what I'm saying? And and a lot of times, and I like to think of myself as an underachiever. You know what I'm saying? Because I had so many resources, so many opportunities. Gee, when I was in high school, before I got to NT, like it's not enough time in the day. But I didn't, I didn't mention the fact of that I that I played baseball. I had a chance to play baseball at A&T. Wow. But I, guess what? I was, I was practicing failure, though, G. Mm. I was practicing failure. I wasn't practicing success. I wasn't practicing that at all. Everything I was doing was, was, was a practice of failure. Staying up late, smoking, getting high, getting drunk with my, my homies. That's a failure practice. Especially when you're in college. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I, I just take all my experiences, man, from the street. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause that's one thing I'm, I'm so glad too that I could do that, that I was, that I was privileged enough to grow up and to be educated, but grow up in the street educated. You understand what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, like I say, I'm from the West side of Charlotte. So I've seen a whole lot of stuff. You understand what I'm saying? But I know that's not the route. I, I know that's not the route for me. You understand what I'm saying? I, I, I knew I knew to go to college. I had a whole lot of homeboys who were smart enough to go to college, but they they didn't have the influences I had to say apply to college. 
go to college. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So, nah. I, so I just take all those experiences, man, and I just I just try to like every day. Every day, I want my 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 sons and my I want my daughter. I want to, I want them to be better than me. Like, and I tell my son right now, he's about to graduate uh, this year, class of 2019 from high school. I tell him all the time, like as an 18 year old, he is way better than me when I was 18. I'm talking about way better than me. And that, like that, like that does my heart well. Mm, yeah. Like yeah. That does my heart like right now he's graduating out of the academy where he's going to college already with college credit. You understand what I'm saying? Do you know what I was doing right now? <laughs> right now, <I'm> just, <laughs> what? After school, I had to go to school like an hour or two at the end of school to make up time because I had skipped <laughs> too many days. Like, you understand what I'm saying? Like, and that's not even him. Like, I was like, I was doing these cra- like I was smoking, drinking, still an athlete, smoking, drinking. You know what I'm saying? Just practicing failure. My son, 18, doesn't drink, doesn't smoke. He's into the church. He's he, he's a, he's a, he's in honor societies. He's a he's a scholarship athlete now. He'll be he'll be going to college to play football. The scholarship like that like that's what like that's how it's supposed to be. Like I was supposed to be better than my dad. My son's supposed to be better than me. And when he has a son, his son like that like that's legacy. Like that's what we as a community got to start doing. Like that's what that's what that's one thing we've lost in the black community. Like preaching to our young to be better than what we were. And showing them what we were, and 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 showing them what it takes to fail. You understand what I'm saying? Like a lot of times, people want to want to shade their children from, from certain things and all that. No, no, no. Like for real, for real. Like certain people have asked me, why do why did I send my son to Dudley? Like number because it's a black school, and you know it has this stigma of being this and whatever and whatever. I'd be like, I'm like, well, well, I mean, I want my son to see the yin and the yang. I want him to see the yin and the yang. Mm-hmm. You know, I want I, I want him to see what it's like for him to come home to a mom and a daddy and he has structure and then to, to have a friend who doesn't have the same the same upbringing at home and they just all over the place. You know what I'm saying? And, and it's just, and, you know, but then you have those other kids who have the same situation and they're not. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Like I wanted him to get I want I wanted him to get. I don't want him to just just, you know. No, it's already like, you know, it's already, he's not growing up in the same streets I grew up in. You understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I, I live in a little community. Like, bro, in my community, I play homeowner. I pay homeownership dues. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> like, no. Like, no, I want, I want, I want him to get some, I want him to, you know, to see, to see the other side, you know, cause, cause then when, once he get older, then, you know, yeah, my son going to want more for his life, but he also have compassion for those mm-hmm. who are struggling. You understand what I'm saying? He'll also know how know you know to reach that reach back and grab somebody who's struggling. Know to, you know what I'm saying? Because that's what that's another thing we done got away from as a community. Mm, yeah, man, you hitting on a lot a lot of great topics, man. So as we shift and get, uh, I was gonna, I was gonna add, you know, everybody laugh at the crackhead, but how many people actually done got somebody off crack? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, not, it's, and, not, it's, it's, it's kind of you know. It's kind of, I mean, I don't know why I use that analogy. You know what I'm saying? Honestly, not, but. but it's real though, because I mean, at the end of the day, if we look at our family family situations, uh, many of us that listen to this podcast, we don't have to go too far 
in our own family for majority of us uh to to find yeah. that like i go my uncles um and that's not that's immediate uncles like for real for real like that is in milwaukee yeah. getting hit by that and it's just yeah. and they still on it like alcohol alcoholism probably it's just it's a lot more to uncover and i think um we do ourselves a disservice when we only showcase certain individuals or certain characteristics, but not showcasing everything. Yeah, um, I'm saying so. So, with that being said, now before we before we close in our coach change round, I gotta talk about the comedy, the comedy setup because I, I I'm always interested. So, what's a, what's a typical day like for you now? I mean, so now you have a date. You're on the show daily, right? On the radio, uh, on every mm-hmm. weekday. So what is it? So outside of radio, what is a typical day like for you, man, on tour? And kind of just give us a, a couple of different versions. Like, so a day when you're not traveling, you're just doing radio stuff, as well as when you're on tour. Like, how do you prepare for stuff? Or is it always random? Like, take us into your life real quick. Man, uh, just every day, like, you know, I'm up. I'm up at like 4, 4.30. Good God. And I get I get ready at 4, 4.30. Get ready probably in about, I'm a dude, so dude, it'll take us no longer than 30 minutes. 20, 30 minutes. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> five, five, seven minutes in the shower. Five, slap seven, on, yep. <laughs> yeah, slap on some shea butter, you know, brush the teeth, all that, yada, 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 grab something, we out. But, you know, I, I'll get to work by 5.30 or so. We'll, 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 we'll chop it up a little bit. Show starts at 6, 6 to 10. After that, you know, we do some promos, hang around the station until about noon. And then my day gets pretty much boring, G. I come home, I play, I play some Call of Duty. I may, go, I, may go, I may go kick it at the homie's house, go to the gym, work out until like the day kicks back up. That's when everybody's getting out of school around because, you know, my kids are in sports. My daughter, she's in track right now. So around five or so, either I go pick her up or she'll be coming home or I'll be going to a track meet. You know, that's usually back when football season was in. Of course, you know, I go over to the school watch my son's practice or Friday nights. That was always game night. So I'm at work and then I'm just chilling, waiting until game night. But on the days I got to travel when we on tour, man, now those are the days it gets kind of, you know, it gets kind of tricky because usually I'll go to work and the day starts off like it usually does, up 4.30, go to work, 6 to 10. But usually on a tour day, I'm out of that station at 10 a.m., Jack. I got to drive to either Charlotte to catch a plane or Raleigh to catch a plane. Mm-hmm. And fly somewhere, do a show the same evening wherever I, the same evening wherever I fly, and later on, like the next morning, I'm talking about. We usually try to catch the first flight out six, seven, eight in the morning. I'm I'm trying to be back in Greensboro because like I'm like I don't know, man. I'm a North Carolina boy, man. I, I've been to all the big cities. I'm talking about L.A., New York, Atlanta. Uh, Miami, you know, Texas, like, man, it's just too much. I don't like to hustle and bustle. I don't like being in traffic a long time. I don't like, I, I just don't like to hustle and bustle of the big, big cities. You know what I'm saying? I, I like coming home. So if I can fly into a city, do my show, fly back out, get back home to my family, that's what I'm doing. Mm. Like, I don't, unless, unless I'm, unless I am performing two, two days, two, three days straight, man, I don't like to stay. I don't like to stay away from home too long. Yeah, uh, nah, I I get that a hundred ten, man. So now, uh, as far as solo shows and specifically uh, the freestyle funny comedy show, what has been your like top couple highlights thus far during this whole journey? Because I know y'all decade plus in the game, man. But if you could take us to a clear moment, right? What would you say has the, been the highlight? Because the reason why I wanted to highlight because the next question after 
what's your toughest moment as a comedian? But I want to get the highlight first. One that meant a whole lot. I'll tell you one that meant a whole lot to us. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we were just, like, FFCS was just bubbling, and we were just, remember I told you we did NACA South, which is in Winston, and we got some bookings from that. Yep, yep, yep. I believe we were, ju- we were just jumping out there because, you know, we had jumped out there and we were doing shows in Atlanta. Like, bro, we would drive to Atlanta in a rental van, all four or five of us, sometimes six of us, sometimes seven of us because we have a DJ with us. Like, we would ride down to Atlanta to do a show, drive back, and we really only made $40. What? So, so really, yeah, but, 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 but. It was us putting ourselves out there on the yeah. scene in Atlanta. Like we were out there, like we we were we were out there. So, boom! One time we we did a show in Atlanta. We drove down to Atlanta, did a show. Right after the show in Atlanta, we were driving to Peoria, Illinois, to do NACA Midwest. Mm-hmm. Thirteen hours. So we drove like five, like four or five hours down to Atlanta, did a show, back in the van. Thirteen hours to Peoria, Illinois. Now, we drove 13 hours to do NACA Midwest and, and you know, Peoria, Illinois. Like, that is all white. Mm-hmm. I'm white. So, we go and we're showcasing. This means we're going to get 15 minutes. It was either 10 or 15 minutes to do our comedy show. Now, mind you, this is four guys. And, you know, our comedy shows last an hour and a half. We got to get this down to 15 minutes. So at this time, I believe Bean had probably just made Wildin' Out. Mm-hmm. So we kind of, we kind of, we, we came on stage, we introduced our show, we played a game or two. And then being finished, they, they loved our games. They loved our comedy. We were up there freestyling, doing our own little thing. And I think being closed with the stand-up comedy. And I'm talking about they loved it. Like a whole, a whole theater full of white students, pretty much. Because it's in Peoria, <laughs> Illinois. It was a bunch of, you understand what I'm saying? But that was a moment right there. We knew. We was like, yo, we, we, we doing something. Like, we doing something. We just drove 13 hours to a place we never been to. I'm talking about we just betting on us. And from that, from that 13-hour drive there, 13 hours back to North Carolina, I'm talking about we probably got, I'm talking about the bookings were out of the wazoo. Wow. So, like, the bookings from colleges and stuff from the Midwest and around that area and blah, 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 man, they were out of the wazoo. Man, that's that. And that kind of really, after that, now you got into like because y'all still do knackers, correct? Uh, well, you're yeah, actually getting back into it. Yeah, we, we, you know, we had stopped for a little while, but now we, we, we're getting back into it, getting back into it. Because, you know, you can, man, you can, that NACA thing, man, that thing is heavy. You can get in there and be on that circuit for years. Mm-hmm. Nah, that's, that's, that's real. Yeah. So now let's transition as a comedian, because I know there's a lot of highs, a lot of lows. What has been your toughest moment? It don't have to be a low moment, but just the toughest moment so far uh, as a comedian. That's probably the toughest part because, you know, I, I ain't going to front and act like I wouldn't. I ain't never sit here where I'd be. I'd be here in Greensboro, you know what I'm saying? And, of course, that season when they were all going to, like, it was all of them were going to film. Like, Dot, Bean, and I think Darren, all of them were on there. You know what I'm saying? 
and they were going to film and I'm just sitting here second guessing myself like, dang, like maybe I'm whack. Maybe my comedy ain't funny, blah, 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 whatever, whatever, whatever. But like I say, that's when those times of shoot, self-love, self-worth come in right there. Do you think you know that wilding out for comedians is is that not the pinnacle? Because there's always pinnacles, of course, pinnacles getting your own special, et cetera. But what's what what is it about wilding out that for you to kind of get under your skin? It's just more so because maybe some of your peers are doing is like, hold up, I'm just as good on my own thing, or is it wilding out in general? Is that like a because I'm, I'm is that really huge for comedians like that? I mean, it doesn't really get under my skin, you know. That's the I mean, yeah. wilding out is a. Wildin' Out is a is a big show that propels comedians. You know what gotcha. I'm saying? Like 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 it's been a lot of comedians that have been pre- propelled into the spotlight from uh, Wildin' Out. Like Nick Nick Cannon is a dang on goat for doing that. You know what I'm saying? Like I mean, how long has Wildin' Out been on on TV for? Like, Ten plus years itself, right? Yeah, shout out to Nick yeah, Cannon. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, shout out to Nick Cannon, man. He done put a whole lot of cats in the in the spotlight, man. So nah, it doesn't it doesn't. It doesn't get under my skin at all. I was just saying, you know, I was just speaking to the fact of, you know, second guessing myself as yeah. a comedian. Because I mean, I did audition, I auditioned, and 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 that that moment right there, like I did, I told you about the moment, like that that moment right there was an exciting moment too. Because you know, I drove to New York, did the audition. I don't even get to New Jersey after I left the first audition, and they're sending me an email saying that that's Friday. I get a I got a callback audition, so I fly back that Friday. And I do this the callback audition and and I really didn't feel bad about it because I did well in the audition. In my audition also was just Tina Valentine. Mm. The the redhead chick that's on there right now. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Now, you know, of course, you know, she rapped. She a rapper. She a rapper. Um, even in the audition, she didn't really have any jokes. She was but she had hella bars though. You know, she was rapping. She was rapping, which I thought was odd. You know what I'm saying? I, was, I, thought, I thought we was here to joke. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but uh, I made that callback audition, and from our audition, the only the only person they did take was Justina. She was the only one in my, in my audition who they took. So, you know, and looking at the star Justina is, I was like, man, I don't feel bad. You know, I yeah. came, came in, came in right behind Justina. You mm. know, I don't feel bad about that, but. It was a it was a great experience, you know what I'm saying? It it taught me a lot. You know what I mean? It taught me a lot. One thing I mean, what one thing is, you know, a lot of times, you know, I felt like, you know, TV is not about anyway, I ain't gonna say all that. But yeah, yeah, yeah we we get you. I grew you. I grew from it. I grew from it. I grew from it, you know, because that was like it wasn't like that was the only audition. I had others like, you know, joking off and whatnot, whatnot. But, you know, yeah, I had to say that that was the that, that's been the that's really been the only low mm-hmm. of my of my comedy career, you know, just having that shot at stardom, if I can say that, you know. But then, and just being right there so close and not and not, you know what I'm saying. But even still, man, just to be in to to have been in some of the 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 theaters I've been in, and to to work with some of the people, like, even though I, I haven't been on on Wild and Out, I still work with some of the big name comedians that have been on Wild and Out, mm-hmm. like. I've done a show with Michael Black. I've hosted a show with Michael Blackson performed, you know. Uh uh Jess and um I work with B Simone a whole lot. Of course, Carlos, Bean, you know, DC. So, you know, I to be on to be honest with you, I feel honored that some of these comedians even, you know, let me work with them. 
You understand mm. what I'm saying? Like, because I don't have the TV. I don't have the TV behind my name. I'm just drank. You know what I mean? And I got jokes and they respect me for those jokes. Man. You know? So with that being said, like, where do you, where do you, as far as the future, I know the way your personality is, it seems like honestly, every single day I'm on radio, I'm doing what I to do. I'm being there for my kids. That's it's already settled. But as far as this, your lane comedian, where do you want to take it? I mean, if you had it your way, of course, like, where do you want to take it? Where do you see yourself going? Um, I haven't reached the height of my creativity yet. Because, mm-hmm. uh, man, I just come up with so many characters on the radio station. Like, I do this character on the radio station named Cleavon, man. There's something with Cleavon. I'm going to start writing some stuff for Cleavon, you know. <laughs> of course, it'll, it'll probably be on Instagram and all that. But as far as comedy goes, man, I I had a, man, I had a, a, a old comic. A well-known comic told me a long time ago, man. He's like, this comedy game, man, is is getting booked, getting checks, and paying bills, man. Shoot, keep working as long as you go to bed at night, still respecting yourself, and you don't feel bad about nothing you had to do to get the money. Hey, man, keep working. So that's my goal as a comic. Of course, like you say, everybody wants to stand up special and and blase blah, but but how many how many how many comics actually get that? You understand what I'm saying? But what people don't see is you have there are hundreds i would say of touring comedians around the country who tour and they make great money you know what i'm saying and i have i have dreams of writing for comics at some point down the road so hopefully that that'll that'll show its head of course i want to you know i want to do film i want to write my own short film like it's just so much i really can't um yeah it's a but one thing, one, one goal is to be, you know, just to grow in radio also. Like, we, we the Three Live crew, we feel like we have something that's, that's, that's just organic. You know what I'm saying? And it's, it's great for North Carolina, but we feel like the whole, the whole country needs to hear it, or at least the whole region, if not the whole state. So... So what you know. does that look like in radio? I mean, if we could talk about that for a second, what does that look like in radio? Because in my head, I'm like, yo, y'all at the Pentacle, y'all got y'all one of the liveest urban radio stations in in Raleigh, Durham. But what does it look like at the at the Pentacle? I mean, and Greg, that's a good question. Like you know, and like <laughs> for real, it is a good question because I'm not a broadcast communication dude. You know what uh-huh. I'm saying? I'm a I'm just a funny dude who got on the radio, and I'm learning this business as I go. You know what I'm saying? I'm learning it as I go. And a lot of, I don't, and I, and I, I tell my coworkers all the time, man, I don't trust numbers and all this. Like, you know how they come with the yeah. listening, the listening numbers of who listens to this. I like, how do y'all actually know what people listen to in their radio? Like, like in, in their cars or in their whatever, like, like, I don't like, I don't trust the numbers to, to really know whatever, whatever, but I don't, I don't know what it looks like. Greg, because you know, like I just said, I feel like Three Live Crew is organic, and I feel like Three Live Crew is the number one radio show in, in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Morning, morning show, anyway. You know what I'm saying? I mean, shout out to all those other nationally syndicated uh, morning shows out there. But I feel like just here, local, uh, just homegrown, locally in this area, like those nationally syndicated shows just can't deliver the same content that we do. You know what I mean? Like, flat out. They just can't. They just like they just they just they just can't. I just I, that's just I feel that way. You know what I mean? If 
Shoot, I wish, man. I, I I wish we were in the market where you know celebrities came through and they they you understand what I'm saying? But that's just, just chopped not, it up, yeah, yeah, just chopped it up. That's just not that's not the North Carolina market for nothing. But but uh, but what sports right now? You know, you get you have athletes who come through North Carolina, you know, and stuff like that. But now, if you're not hey. New York or LA, it's like that. But the thing is, hopefully, yeah, I mean, we can we can get it there or Atlanta, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, think, yeah, yeah, we can get there. We can get there. But it's gonna take somebody like y'all get that national. I don't even know. But that's a whole conversation for another day. I don't even know what it takes yeah, to get national syndication whole, and all that other stuff. And, and, hey, bro, and, bro, and I don't know about nothing about all that either. And I don't know what it get what it takes to get all that. All I know is I'm gonna wake up every morning and give the people that listen to me the best I can give. Yep, that's all you can really ask for, man. Before we get to our rapid fire round, I got one more question before we close it and get to our last round. Uh, what do you want your lasting legacy to be, man? Mm. What do I want it to be? Like when people think about Osama Ben Drinking and 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 not just even the comedy as a man, as a father, just in general, when it's when it's all said and done, hate to get dormant real quick, but when it's all said and done, man, what do you want people to say about you? That's a good question too, man. Really, man, I I just I just hope they can just say that I was that I was just a real person. I was genuine. You know what I mean? And for real, for real. And it may sound, I don't know, but I just want to say I made them laugh, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, for real, for real. Like, I, I want them to really say, like, man, that dude was one of the funniest dudes ever, man. I just really wanted to be able to say that because, I mean, that's, if I sit back and I look, I, if I, if I look out, look, look out, look out on my life, like, that's really one thing that's always brought me joy. Mm. Making somebody making somebody else laugh, you know what I'm saying? That's always brought me joy. So, you know, I I, I just want I just want everybody to say, yo, he was a real, he was just a good person, and he made me laugh. You know what I'm saying? And I I want I just want people to just have stories for days. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Stories for days. You know, I I, I, I would. I, I dare say he sit here and say something corny like, "Boy, I want when I go, on, I want people to be able to pack out a whole coliseum." But nah, Jack, you know that's <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Nah, nah, I just want people to say, "Man, that dude was a good dude." You know, nah. I want them to have. I just want them to have story for days mm-hmm. that I made him laugh, man. Ain't, no, ain't nothing else. Ain't nothing else brought me more joy than that. Just I'm just making people laugh. That's that's simple, and that's 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 right there with it, man. So. But that being said, man, we got five rapid-fire questions, man. You ready? What's up with it? Let's go. This, all right, cool. This is the culture change round. If you could add one habit, if take away one habit, what would it be? Uh, add one habit, take away one habit. Uh, uh, what am I, what am I, what's the word I'm looking for? I would love to have the habit of... Oh my gosh! Uh, I want to say priority, uh, not pri- not priorities, but that done it, Greg. Why you ask me this? <laughs> I want to have the habit of uh, follow through. Mm. Hmm. Interesting. I want to have the habit of follow through because, man, like as you as you can see, like you just told me, what are you? What is your ultimate goal, like Greg? I got fifty thousand ideas. Mm-hmm. I haven't I haven't followed through with as many of them as I should have. 
Mm-hmm. I just want to. I just want to be in a habit of following through. Because all the ideas I've had thus far, Greg, if I follow through with just a few of them, bro, I'd be man. My income would probably be tripled. Mm. So, but yeah. And if there's one habit I could take away, um, I would have took away the habit of smoking weed. Mm. And I know that's not. I know a lot of people wouldn't say that, but. That's one thing I've always kept real with my son. Like, like I told you, my son, he's a scholarship athlete now. Like, I told him about how much of an how good of an athlete I was. You know what I'm saying? But I also told him about the day I started smoking weed. And how that day, my interest in sports began to diminish little by little. Little by little. Every blunt, every joint. Little by little. To the point where here I am, a senior in high school, and went from being a three-sport athlete to a no-sport athlete. Man. And it, and it wasn't that I couldn't play. It was that I played, then stopped playing. You know what I'm saying? Uh, like I told him the, the, I told him the story like a few weeks ago of my tryout for basketball my senior year. You know what I'm saying? Went to the tryout high. After 10 minutes of scrimmage, I'm laying on the bench. I fell asleep. Woke up 10, 15 minutes later like, where am I? Man, next thing I, hey, needless to say, my name was on the cut list. <laughs> you know what Man. I'm saying? But it was just that habit of that. And I, and I keep it real with him about it. I was like, now it ain't. I said, like, like now it's to the point where it's just like it's, just routine. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And do, do I let it hinder me like I did back then because I'm older and wiser? Nah. But that's only because I'm older and wiser. And and just but just think about all the things I had to I had to not do in order to be older and wiser now. Like just think of all the times I was just lazy and blah 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 and blah blah blah. That's why I'm so old. But if I had been doing those things then and not smoking, my my wisdom would be even greater than what it is now. You know mm. what I'm saying? So that's one habit I take away. Nah, that's that's real, man. And um, yeah. <clears throat> I ain't gonna add no sauce to that. Uh, who is your favorite comedian and why? And that's a hard question, but I just put it out there. <laughs> who and why? You mean just straight up yeah. off the stand? Straight up off the stand up? Stand up, yeah. Like, cause I, yeah, I wish we have. I'm not gonna go there because I always I I, I study. I don't study comedy, but I like comedy because speaking of comedy is synonymous to a certain degree. So I listen to a lot of old Richard. I listen to a lot of stuff, man. So I always like to talk to comedians about other comedians, but. Me too. I I like. Let me just go down the line of what I like about people. Can I do that? Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. For their rawness. I love Robin Harris. Mm, Okay. I, I love, I love Robin Harris. I love Red Fox. I love the Eddie's. The, you know, your Richard Pryor's. I love all of them for their rawness. You know what I'm saying? I love Red Fox, Richard Pryor, Eddie Murphy, Paul Mooney for their ability to get on stage and be funny with their with their with their with their jokes on racism. But it's a crowd full of white folks and they got the white folks laughing at their own racism. Mm. You feel what I'm saying? Like, bro, I, I've always thought that to be just genius on how Paul, Paul Mooney can sit on a stage and talk cold shit about white folks and they in the audience laughing but it's in a funny way though mm-hmm. 
And it's just a whole, <laughs> it's just like, dude, that, that like, uh, you know, I love, I love the, I love Bernie Mac for his, just his, his ability to tell a story. Mm-hmm. And of course his rawness and just his off the cuff. All those dudes like DL, DL, said the Entertainer, all them cats. Like, man, them cats can come off the cuff with you. You understand what I'm saying? I love Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock mm-hmm. for, for, for their abilities to, you know, just that sarcastic way of, you know, being humorous and all of that, whatever, man. So I, I don't really have a favorite. I just take, like, like, I can just take a lot. Like, I love Mike Epps for his little, just, his little antics and the way he moves and talks and say stuff sometimes. <laughs> like, he, he, like, sometimes Mike Epps ain't even got to tell a joke. It's just the way he said it and the way he just do a little, you know, it just makes you laugh, you know what I'm saying? And, like, and, and don't let me get into the, to the cats, don't, don't let me get into the cats that don't nobody really know about, you know what mm. I mean? Who, but, but, but they're touring comedians. And they get money, you know big money on the road. Yeah. Yeah, I love the nukes. I love the new comedians who also come straight off the cuff. And that, and I know they come off the cuff and they're just naturally funny off the cuff. Like they don't have to have a set in their head, but they can get on stage and they can just go and tell jokes. That's Carlos Miller, Chico Bean, Ronnie Jordan, Tyler Chronicles, Darren Brand, shoot, um, uh, DC Young Fly, uh, Burpee, like. I respect, I respect a lot. I respect all those cats, man. Cause like I say, I work with those cats and I've been backstage with them cats and we'd be sitting there like, what you about to, what you about to talk about? And they'd be like, man, I don't know. I'm just about to get up there and just go. And they get on stage and they just go, bro. Mm. Question. It's, it's, it's not even on it, but I feel like you're in the, you're in the mix. Cause you're, you're an old school dude. Cause you, you started comedy probably a little later than a lot of cats, but you're still new school. Cause you're still kind of, you always you always had the comedy feature, but as far as the business, so you're in a it's kind of in a do you ever see yourself in kind of a weird space where it's like, dang, you you miss the like the real social media you're in it, but it's like, damn, like if it was 10, 15, 20 years ago, you could have hit the social media way. Cause you see people getting Netflix specials already, you people getting all bro. this stuff, and you like, damn, bro, like I'm Cause it's not about your com- com- comedy. It's more so he's like you kind of missed a snippet of air. You're kind of playing catch up, bro. That's and that's the truth too. Cause like, as a matter of fact, me and B dot talk about this all the time on how like I tell them all the time like, dude, I missed. Like I was ahead of my time. That's what I yeah. tell them all the time because like I have so many videos <laughs> and I'm for real. Cause like I told you, man, cause FSCS got got started early Twitter, mm-hmm. early Instagram. You understand what I'm saying, like. Dude, like I, when I tell you, I have so many videos and all this stuff that if I did it now, like if I hadn't been doing that stuff like now or even a few years ago, a couple of years ago, two, three years, four years ago, man, like, dude, the stuff would have went viral. Like, boom, I'll give you one, one example. Like years ago when we had a snowstorm here and this was like I say, this was early Twitter, early Instagram, all that. Like people around the town was making snowmen right mm-hmm. so i made up this little vi- this little video segment called snowman murder where i was just my my homeboy bob would record me i cut the camera on and i say snowman murders and i would take off running and next thing you know you see a snowman and i would die <laughs> and just totally and totally take this snowman out you know what i'm saying some snowman that somebody took hours to build 
I was riding around the city taking these things, throwing <laughs> snowmen out. <laughs> and dude, and like I posted that video like like it, like it was probably like a year or so ago. I posted that video and people were like, yo, when did you do this? Blah blah blah. I was like, yo, I did that probably about 10 years ago, no. Wow, that but was yeah, really man, that, that's, what, that's crazy. Yeah, like hey, for real, like G, like for real, for real. When I like when I really look back at the stuff I did, if I went all the way back to when I first started my Instagram and my Twitter and stuff like that, like, dude, when I tell you, I got so much material, so much stuff I did. And I was like, yo, the whole viral thing wasn't even, it hadn't, viralness hadn't even started yet. Like, it hadn't even, like, viralness hadn't started yet. This is the early days. I'm talking about the 50 Tyson days. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like, Whoa. I, like, everybody, like, everybody on the internet, they owe 50 Tyson some money. 50 Tyson was the first dude, like, little dude, like, with the videos, just like, who is this dude? This this special dude rapping and, and blah, 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 man. After that, everybody was doing their little videos and stuff. But, but don't you feel like, at the end of the day, on the back end, and it could work, but I think especially for you, on the back end of your career, it's going to pay dividends because, unfortunately, a lot of guys, and there's no hate on them, but if you get exposed too early without the, the the decades, a lot of experience. Sometimes you flame out sooner, or just not that funny. To be honest, so you may have one name. So you you think at the end of the day, that's your saving grace. When the back end, it's all gonna come back to fruition. Yeah, I like, and I don't like, you know, like shout out to everybody that's staying on that made they that's that made they paid made they way on the internet doing mm-hmm. that internet yep. thing. Like, you know, cause that, like, that's the wave now, you know what I'm saying? So, but I like, uh, it's, 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 it's true. Like, like me, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like in the long run, it's going to all work out for me. You know what I'm saying? I'll put it to you that way. Like, and it's working out for you now. Yeah. And, it, and it's work. It's working out for me now. And in the law is more to come. Like, I, I, I'm glad the way I started. I'm glad the way I started my life. Cause it's, I started on stage doing stand up. And that's what that's what led me to radio, like that's what that's what led me to the internet and all that. And I I, I like it, I like mm-hmm. it like that, cause so, cause I cause, cause to be honest with you, to be honest with you, G man, like a lot of and not, and like and some of these internet cats, they're funny, you yeah. know. Some of them are some are funny, but then but then you have some who just feel like they have to put videos up because that how they were that's how they're known they're known for putting videos up and doing something you understand what i'm saying when a lot of times you go look at it you be like yo that was corny or that was whatever you know what i'm saying like why they even put this up because they got to because that's how people know them that's like that's the they they cannot if they don't put a video up they become irrelevant you feel what i'm saying yeah so but i want to do you always think about how the old school cats would move in this generation i mean no, nah, cause I, I this wouldn't be like real, for real. I like the generation of if you weren't there, yeah, you ain't see it. You ain't see it. Mm-hmm. Somebody, somebody got to tell you word of mouth. I mm-hmm. like that. I like that. I, I don't like this whole like because nowadays, gee, people give you a video, but they may give you thirty seconds, but that mm-hmm. may not. But but that thirty that thirty seconds don't tell you the whole story. Mm-hmm. But yet still, but yet still, it gives you, it makes you think or believe this way. You feel what I'm saying? So I don't, 
Now I don't. I think the oh, I think the cats back in the day they would have been like, man, don't you put that damn video camera on me? <laughs> <laughs> you, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Like in, in the of course when it was good times because you know back in the day they had camcorders, you know, the junkie resting on your shoulder and stuff like that. But even then, from them camcorder days, cats wasn't on no wild stuff. You know what I'm saying? It was it wasn't on no wild stuff. Like I think like D like nah. Mm. I think cats back. I think cats back then was a little bit too player for that man. They would have been like, man, <laughs> nah, you know. If you don't get that camera phone at my face, then it's a, and somebody be sitting there, no, nah, we got the so such and such. Well, such and such should have came if they wanted to see what was going on. Oh, <laughs> yeah. blah, blah, blah. You feel what I'm saying? And then, and then it's a, you know, I, I think a whole lot of cats playing from back in the day would be like, no, nah, don't videotape me. Tell them buy a ticket. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You, you, feel, you feel me? Because that's how, because for real, for real, that's how old school comics and stuff used to be. That's how old school, uh, uh, Artists used to be like you better not come in there with a tape recorder. You better not come in there with nothing like like that used to be heavy back in the day. Like if you get caught with a tape recorder and stuff like that in a concert or whatever, like what? Like even when they came out with dang on camera phones and all that stuff, a lot of comics were heavy on that. Like don't record me. Number one, cause it's like a and and for real, for real, it does it messes up the game because say if I perform in Chicago, right, Greg? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Say if I got Chicago tonight on on a, on a Monday night, Wednesday I'm in Philly, Friday I'm in New York. Now, a comic can do a set in Chicago and do the same set in 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 Philly, then do the same one in New York. Back in the day, mm-hmm. and guess what? And it'd be as fun. It, the, the funny still be the fun. Nowadays. You can't do that. Why? Everybody got a camera phone, so they record you in Chicago, Man. and it's all and it's all over the internet now. So by the time you get to Philly on Wednesday, brother, you you don't you don't you don't seen your set on the internet like God <laughs> damn like so now you sitting there as a comic, you like goodness gracious, let me come up with a whole another thirty to forty five minutes of joke, and that's depending that's on. Crazy. The, Depending on whether you the headline or whatever, so that's why I say as a you know like I'm pretty sure these I'm pretty sure these young comics and stuff like they don't mind because that's their way. You feel what I'm saying? But me, like I, I'm I'm kind of on the side of nah, don't record me. You know what I'm saying? Because like just because I'm doing these jokes all week, that don't mean these jokes. Oh, you feel what I'm saying? Like you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like. I took time to write this whole hour long set. Like, I don't want to do this. You know, like, like, boom, I can like, no, nah, like, no. Nah. And how often I mean, do, you, nah. do you write now? Like, do you, do you have set time during the day where you write? Or are you more the guys that you wake up? Hey, I feel like writing today. I'm going to write and I'm not. I'm going to tell you, but if you are a comic and a working comic, you better be writing every day. Like every minute of the day. If, if something like, and I had a, uh, one of one of my mentor when I started doing comedy, I reached out to her. Her name is Simply Net. Big shout out to Simply Net. She added a three three six. When I started doing comedy, she told me something real important. She was like, "Demar, keep you a pen, a pad, or a video recorder, or something with you at all times, because you uh like like stuff funny happens all day, every day, and when when a joke comes to your mind about it, you got to be able to write it down right then." So that you can write on it and elaborate on it later, you know, so you don't lose it. So, bro, if you are a working comic, 
I don't mean these cats who out here just, yeah, I'm funny, man. I'm a comedian. No, if you're working and you're like, you like, you actually trying to get paid from it and all that, bro, you better write every day, every minute. If something happens, a joke come to you, write it down. Hey man, so, you drop it, you drop it, you drop it. Too much free game, man. Too much free game. I love it though, man. <laughs> yeah, it really ain't any free game, man. It's just you know, and when people know better, they do better, man. Somebody had to tell me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like <laughs> that's the truth, bro. Like when you know better, you do better. You know what I mean? Like I, I tell comics all the time. I'd be like, man, we started in Napa. I don't know why you playing around out here, like trying to, you know, do some. You know, if you got a little following behind you, whatever, yada, yada, man, go to Napa. Put yourself out there, man. Like, shoot, a college got guaranteed money, and their money's better than some of these promoters and stuff. I think, though, the biggest thing about Napa, and um, and it's honestly just in anybody, sometimes when you put stuff out in the world, you put yourself on a big stage, then it's like, if you just get a no or you don't get any bookings, sometimes somebody, some may say, man, that means I'm not as good as I thought. And it's, it's sometimes it might be right, right? But What's your thoughts on that? Because some people are like, yo, I don't really want to put myself out there outside of my zone because what happens when I think I'm nice, but I get up there and I get nothing or I don't get a, I don't get a submission. See, listen to what I see. You listen to what I said. I said, if you build up a following, mm. we didn't jump out there until we had built a following where we were. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? Like, like we had built a following. We had built a, like I say, it was, it was pre- Pre, like it was right there as the start of IG and the start of Twitter and all that. So we had built a little following locally and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And especially with the conference being in our backyard, why not? You understand what I'm saying? We got a following. You understand what I'm saying? We 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 building this little this this brand. Hey, you know, obviously the, the talent and there's something there. If people are following it, there's something there. Let's just put it out here to see if some more people uh, mess with it or not. So we took it there, and and more people was messing with it. <laughs> what, 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 the last question is, actually, I got two more. What's your biggest fear? What's my biggest fear? Yep. Um, since I've... And, <laughs> and I, don't, like, I don't worry about nothing happening to my people and stuff like that, because like I said, I don't worry, but man, I just... Man, and people would say failure, but I don't mean it ain't failure. It's just since I've been unemployed, Greg, man, for real, I fear being unemployed, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I really do fear like being in that situation again, you know, because I was employed, then I got unemployed, and just that whole, you know, and that's what drives me like daily, for real, for real. Like, that, that's what drives me to be funny, for real. You know, because I see, because I see, I have the talent. Yeah. So all I got to do is put the drive behind it, and we're gonna be good, and I'm gonna be good. You know what mm. I mean? So that, that's one thing. Like I don't ever want to be employed, and people like, and people like it when I'm funny. So guess what? I'm putting some drive behind it, and when I crack that mic every morning, I'm gonna be funny. Mm. Say that, man. So. Wrap around, rapid fire is done. I asked every culture change agent that this is the last thing of the podcast, man. If you could change one thing about society, most specifically our African American culture, what would it be and why? Uh, 
If I could change anything in our culture, it would be this whole thing of balling. Okay. Like, if 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 you put balling in the Urban Dictionary for me, you know what the definition would be? It, it would it would it would be balling, and then would it be that little semicolon, whatever that slash, whatever, or the other hyphen, <laughs> whatever? Yeah. It'll be balling. Then it'll say living beyond one's means. Mm-hmm. Mm. In, in, in the culture, it, it, it like that. That's one thing I would say because the, the, everybody has this this false sense of balling. You know what I mean? Every, everybody sees people balling on TV and in social media. And, and these are actually people who are actually balling. These are people who actually wake up and they don't have to actually punch a clock if they don't want to because they're actually doing it. Now, in the culture, though, you see people who are trying to live these same lives, but really you're just living beyond your mean, means because you're quote unquote balling. You want to ball. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? I, 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 in our culture, I wish that brands didn't mean so much. Like, especially, especially in the African American culture. Like, I, I wish, I wish brands didn't mean so much at all. Mm-hmm. Because I, I feel like as a culture, we just a, a lot of times, you know, people just trying to, you know, keep up with the brand, mm-hmm. and not, and and when, when they really could be, you know. Solidifying something, something you know, something meaningful for themselves. You know, something down the road. Everybody, you know, everybody wants to right now. They want to look good right now. You understand what I'm saying? But you know, no, that that ain't how that ain't how you living. If that's not how you living, you know, living your mean. You gonna ball later. You know what I'm saying? But right now, <laughs> just living. That, that's just living your means. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and one example of that. As far as I'm concerned, it's like when I first started doing comedy, right? Like Dot, of course, he worked at the radio station. You know what I'm saying? He was, you know, you know, and um, Darren, he was a shoe head, you know, and all that stuff. And Bean, he liked shoes. So them cats, they would wear Jordans and all that and all that. And me, I was rocking, Ch- I was rocking Chuck Taylor heavy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying, and and, and, and that became a thing. And then we'd be have we have a show. I'd be like, yeah, man, I'm gonna give me some new shoes for the show. Them mugs already know what I was about to come with. I'm gonna come with some. I'm gonna come with some kind of new chucks, bro. You understand what I'm saying? Because that, but that's how I was living. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't. I wasn't to Jordan status yet. You know what I'm saying? Now, if you ask me now, will I go buy a pair of Jordans now? But yeah, because I can go in the store and if my pockets are like that, I'll buy a pair of Jordans. And guess what? When I buy them the next day, I don't feel bad about buying. Them. You know what I'm saying? Whereas ten years ago. Boy, if I bought a pair of Jordans the next day, I'd be sick because I'd be sitting there looking at them things like, man, <laughs> you you understand what I'm saying? I yeah. could probably have a I could probably have a whole hundred and fifty more dollars in my pocket right now. I hear, but look at me, I'm wanting to have the new Jordans that just came out. Mm. You know what I'm saying? They that, can't that, even that's wear the, them out nowhere because you can't when you and, go somewhere, you got to buy some, so you just sitting in the house. You know what I'm saying, bro? And, and that's what that's one thing I'm glad. Also, when I say my son is better than me, I'm glad my son is not really heavy into brands like he'll he'll wear whatever he'll look whatever because he is who he is like his clothes don't he doesn't feel like his clothes make him you know what i'm saying or his brands make him you know he is an individual first i man like i said i appreciate you giving me over well over all your time man it's been a blast so 
But as we close, babe, where can we find more information about you? Keep in contact. Uh, find out that good, like to when your when your show's coming up, um, you're posting online, all that stuff, man. Where can we find you at? Look, stay tuned to my IG, man. Uh, Osama been drinking. Uh, that's on Twitter also. On Facebook, uh, same thing. I always post my flyers. I'm always posting where I'm gonna be. So and tune in Monday through Friday, one o one o two jams. That's 102.1. If you're ever in the North Carolina area, if you're, I know all y'all probably in North Carolina, but somebody listening right now, they ain't. You know, tune in. We on the radio.com app. All that. Say less, man. Minority Trailblazer Nation, all that information will be on the show notes. And as always, I need y'all to do two things for me. Number one, make sure you subscribe, tell a friend to tell a friend. Number two, make sure you change the freaking culture. Good night.